Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Anne Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Microsoft 365 focused IT security professionals. It's episode three of season five. Alan and I had a recent discussion around Azure AI content safety. Here are a few areas that we covered. What is content safety and the scenarios that it's it's used for? What is a Azure AI content safety? The products contained within Azure AI content safety, and what are the SKUs and how much does it cost? We've noticed that a large number of you aren't subscribed. If you do enjoy our podcast, please do consider subscribing. It would mean a lot for us to for you to show your support to the show. It's a really great episode, so let's dive in. Hey, Alan, how are you doing this week? Hey, Sam, not doing too bad. How are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Thank you. Um, I think the highlight for me this week has been um, secure global access. I've seen you doing a lot of testing of it this week. It seems really promising, doesn't it? Yeah, it's definitely um, growing. Well, it's, it's always been you know, an interest since it's been out, but it's definitely growing on me on uh, how to use it. So, yeah, just got to find out how much it's going to cost. <laughs> I don't think I've I've had a conversation with anybody that hasn't thought that it's a great idea, <laughs> if that makes sense. And always it always ends up in how much is it going to cost? And that's like the, <laughs> I don't know, million or billion dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because we just need to understand how it compares to you know the other solutions out there in the market. Yeah, um, and... yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anything else that's been exciting tech-wise in the Microsoft space over the last week or so? I uh, can't think of anything. Uh, it's been pretty busy at work, so not been a chance to sort of catch up with with too much. Um, Probably last week they were doing all the um, the the part not uh, virtual parties for the um, new new start of the year for all the the customer connection programs for security you know, management and um, uh, Entra. So yeah, just catching up with those and what the new you know badge system is or what the plan is for the program this year. So that's been good to catch up on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're uh, a really great source of um, getting involved with the technology really early on and sort of helping to shape, you know, early feedback for those products, right? Um, sort of the stage, the private preview stage before, you know, public preview, right? Yeah, definitely. And be able to shape some of them as well. So it's good to give feedback early and get it uh, tuned more for, you know, the the wider group or group wider you know in uh, world of use yeah exactly yeah. yeah definitely cool so so sam what's this this week's um episode about then yeah so i'm going to be covering um azure ai uh, content safety um and um this it's quite an interesting uh use of cognitive services within um azure um i, I feel like it's it's a a safety product and that's obviously in the name um, but i think it's a real um, good use case of ai um you know uh, i think it's got actual tangible you know benefits um to it um i've been playing around with it um a little bit uh, learning more more about it so yeah um it's it's it feels like a i don't really hear it i i hadn't really noticed it until um uh, recently um, and it's just something that I I spent some time to to understand and 
and, and play around with basically. Cool. Yeah. No, I've not, I haven't really heard, heard about it or known about it until you said about it the other, uh, last week on the, uh, the podcast. So, um, yeah. So shall we start from the basics then and about, you know, why content safety is important? Yeah. So, um, I think, um, to me, um, you know, we see content being created and um, uploaded into into systems all the time. Probably the most prevalent example of that is a social network. You know, you can take any picture that you like uh, and upload it uh, to your social media feed, uh, as an example. So that does leave to lead to scenarios where potentially harmful content is added um, to, to those social networks. Um, there, there is a big conversation about people's um, right to, you know, um, right to uh, free speech, other people's right to privacy. We're not really going to go into um, those, you know, those types of discussions, you know, in this episode. Um because social, you know, social media networks are more of a public-facing display of content, right? You you can see content from people without having to, well, you have to maybe log into your account, but you can see content from anybody else um, a lot of the time. Sort of, you know, public content it might not actually be public; it might be behind a, a login, but it is public to the users of those networks. And then in other scenarios as well, um, you know, if you think you upload content to OneDrive, as an example. Uh, the content that you upload there, you, you can consume that and use that um, that that data uh, just for your own use. You know, maybe for your organization or your personal OneDrive. But you can create sharing links and then you know share that content forward and 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 redistribute it. Um, so in some scenarios, um, uh, organizations um, may may be uh, have a regulatory reason to. Um, or a desire to check the con the safety of that content um, as it's being um, uploaded, um, and usually uh, this comes in the form of uh, hateful, um, violent um, uh, content. Um, you know, maybe physical or uh, emotional uh, violence, um, and um, and and increasingly uh, there is moderation that needs to happen on this content. You know, we see it with um, we see it with social media um, networks where they will have content moderation teams, and that's effectively a, a a massive human challenge at the moment. You know, you you have teams that have a finite bandwidth when it's in terms of how much content it can review, and also um, we also have to think about you know the real humans that are having to review all of that potentially harmful content that's being uploaded, you know. So um, and, and and it's very reactive um, in in that mode, right? It could be somebody reporting something that's been up on that site for a X amount of time. Um, so yeah, content safety is is a real challenge, um, and I can't really claim to know you know, uh, the regulatory reasons, um, or, you know, the, the laws or legalities around what organizations have to do in terms of content safety, you know, um, what uh, responsibility they have to their users. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but 
I can imagine that private organizations that have um, uh, content being added, you know, um, to them would have a vested interest in making sure that that, that content isn't harmful um, to other users on its platform. Um, you know, just think about uh, business scenarios, you know, uh, you uploading files into your CRM system or, you know, SharePoint, as an example. Um, you, as an organization, might want to make sure that none of that content um, is harmful. Okay. Yeah. You're definitely right around, you know, having, you know, big teams, you know, especially within the, the you know, the large organizations that deal with um, a lot of content um being able to like you said mon moderate it and whether it's proactively as it's being uploaded where you know possible but also like you said um the reporting of it um within those those applications or services um can be yeah challenging with resource as you said um so how can um how can azure ai content uh safety sort of help uh, make that content safe yeah so content safety uh but by the way when we're talking about this i'm not going to talk about any specific categories or um of of what that it checks for um because you know um th those categories can be um quite um, disturbing what it looks for i don't want to bring this conversation down at all uh but i'm just going to talk more generally about what it looks for and how it looks for it, if that makes sense. Um, but I won't go into specifics as I'm talking through it. Um, but really, what content safety is doing is it's primarily its prim primary use is for developers to check content as it's being um, ingested into their systems. So there are SDKs, there are APIs which you can hook into to automatically. Um, test content uh, in effectively near real time. A user, you know, drags an image um, onto your platform. You go to store that image, you know, somewhere, some sort of repository. Maybe once it's dropped in or um, as it goes to be dropped in, um, you can call um, Azure AI content safety. Um, and um, uh, you can effectively get an answer back into um, what sort of content um, is, what sort of content category of content is inside of that content? Um, so, just to call out, there's a REST API, um, there's a Python SDK, a C Sharp SDK, a Java SDK, and a JavaScript SDK um, as as well um, to, to 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 go into it. Um, it's and and really what we're what we are seeing is we. We, we are seeing this content um, this content safety being added into your ingestion pipeline inside of your application. So AI, especially trained AI models um, are used to uh, detect uh, different categories um, of content um, uh, as, as this data flows in. Uh, what's what's also uh, great about it is is that there is a um, a content uh, studio which you can use. This um, is called the Content Safety Studio. Um, so what what you can do here is you can upload content to a to to a, a portal uh, 
that, that Microsoft has, and you could effectively test uh, your configuration because uh, because what you what you can effectively do is you can um, you can say uh, the types of content that you want to to look for, and you can effectively um, tune it um, as as it goes in. So this is a portal where you can upload um, dummy content, and you can see w- how the system would have reacted. Um, what's also great is that you can also export the code um, for for actually implementing uh, that checking um, as well. Um, it's probably worth me talking about the types of content and the, the sort of how the categories uh, of that content works. So um, I'll dive into these a little, a de- a little uh, in more depth um, afterwards. But we're looking at um, text moderation, image moderation. Uh, jailbreak, jailbreak risk detection, and um, I'll talk about what a jailbreak is because this was new for me. Um, and um, protected material detection, so effectively looking for copyrighted um, material uh, b- being uploaded. Now, what what happens? Um, so, so you have those different types of content that could be uploaded: text, images. We'll use those as our ongoing examples. Then you have what's called harm categories uh, for them. So these are all the different um, categories of content that these models um, are trained on. And then for each of those categories, there are what's called severity levels. So, you know, when you're talking about um, any particular category, um, you know, if you're looking for fairness in content, as an example, it's it's not a binary yes or no that content is fair or it's not if that makes sense right it's going to be on a scale and you as an organization can sort of decide where in that scale you start to flag and maybe where you start to block content if if for review maybe you flag it for human review so you might you might look at something and say you know um i want to look at um um uh, content um, and whether it's fair, I'll use that as my example. And you might say once it gets to level, uh, there's, it's, it goes from level zero, um, which is categorized as, quote, safe by the model, up to level seven. So you may say that actually, you know, from the content that we're seeing, um, maybe our false positive rate is level one or level two. So we won't flag anything unless it's level two um, and above for human review. And that's something that you're going to be able to um, monitor and test over time um, w- with that content studio, because um, it's it's probably worth calling out in that content studio. It's it's not just about um, um, uh, it's not just about testing that content. You can monitor monitor your online activity, so um, you can sort of see the logs as they flow in um, about what what is being uh, checked against and what levels um, of severity those different categories are, are hitting basically so you're you're um, you're you're able to see what your what you your false positive rate is basically um, based on you know the average data that you've you've pushed through so to start off with you could just push content through silently you know look at the content that comes through start to pull out you know, uh, content to review and start to really decide what levels um, that you want to start looking at. Cool. Um, 
yes, yeah, so I kind of see this as as we're kind of talking about the people that are in uh, the market for you know doing the moderation. You know, potentially this is a mechanism to still keep that service there to you know do a human check in effect, but. With the AI, you know, in effect saying, like you said, if you've got a risk level or a severity level, you might say that, if, like you said, if it's if it's above one, I want to flag it. But if it's above four, just bin it sort of thing. And then the the moderators aren't exposed to that content. And, you know, and the, the I don't know what you call it, the psychological thing that comes around with that, that yeah. they potentially may be, you know, the, yeah that's kind of where i'm going with it so you can improve that you know that's you know the morale or whatever it might be of that service not having to look at this you know the, the severe content so it's kind of like you said it's, it's safe you know kind of like yeah it's just it's doing your first part your first scan giving you that you know bin it or it just needs to check sort of thing so yeah i think that's that's good in itself even if you get that sort of part in it even if you like you said you can flag it all initially but then you're going to have a severity that you just don't you if it's you know if it's pretty confident it's a you know a four or a five maybe or a six i don't know what again it depends on the what application or what services you're providing it might be that that is just binned got rid of and no one has to deal with that so that's really good i think yeah it, and i suppose um as you say it's a really good point i hadn't really thought about it like that you're giving protection not just to your users but also to your moderators as well potentially mm. right so you're sort of saying actually we're going to say that we're going to review everything level one two and three anything other above that is never going to see the light of day um potentially and i suppose that's where that free speech and you know um responsible use of ai comes into the mix i don't think we we're here for the technology more than we are you know that debate um but i suppose if you are a um an organization and it's your platform i I suppose in some respects you can decide what's on that platform um, or not i suppose you know what is appropriate um you know for for what is appropriate content yeah exactly and and from the sound of it as well it's very well um integrated with a service that you all your application you've got a lot of sdks already out the REST API, it's pretty much uh, maybe not drop and go, but ready, you know, pretty ready to go to start sending stuff to it, sort of thing. So that's that's really good as well. Um, not to say I wouldn't, I was expecting it not to be there, but yeah, it's good to have a, a wide range of other, you know, with other programming languages as well. It's not just a few of them. So, um, so yeah, um, so. I get probably quite sort of tying onto this, you know, how do you integrate the, the con- it, you know, content safety? Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the different types of content. I suppose is probably a good place to start. Let's dive into those. So the first one is text moderation, mm-hmm. uh, probably the most, I don't know, it feels like the most simplistic type of input really. Um, so w- what happens here is you send a payload um, to, to, to the SDK or the API um, of the text that you're searching, um, that you're analyzing, the types of categories that you want to uh, test it for. Uh, there are various numbers of categories. I'm not going to go into them, but you know you can specify which ones you want to check against. 
You can define a block list as well, which is basically an override. And so you can add your own terms in for detection. Um, so if you know there are specific uh, pieces of text content that you know you don't want to be uploaded, maybe it's like um, swear words or curse words. You know, maybe you just want to block, you know, uh, all of that. Um, you, you could add those um, in as well. That that would be if if that type of content was outside of you know the levels that were given um, in those um, in those categories. Um, and then yeah, you can basically um, um, tell it um, what to what to output basically, um, whether to use um, four severity levels or eight severity levels. Um, you can you could decide you can tweak it. Um, and then what it will do is it will return whether it um, matched any of those uh, block list words, and then it will give you an analysis of the categories as well. So for each category, it will tell you the severity inside that category that you um, that you, you you checked against. Um, the next one is image moderation. Um, so very similar to um, uh, what we saw before. Um, we upload the image content as a base64 string uh, which to the API, which keeps it relatively simple to process and start. Um, start checking against. There's no block list here. Um, it's just against those those categories. And again, you can define whether it's four or eight severity levels uh, for your output. And then you basically get back an array of uh, the categories and the severities, uh, the same as the text um, moderation. Um, the the next one I'm going to talk about is protected material detection. Um, so this is really about um, uh, trying to identify um, potential um, copyright content. Um, so uh, text it, it supports text, so you can upload um, uh, your uh, your text string. And it will detect um, basically um, whether it's um, protect potentially protected material that's been uploaded. Uh, think song lyrics, articles, recipes, um, web content, um, that type of thing. This is the only one that I haven't actually used, and the um, and the the documentation is quite weird for it because you don't you just give it the text and then the model is trained on something um basically um so i don't know what the data set is that it's checking against um on on the other side of it i haven't basically found that one um uh, for this um yet um and uh let me just find i just made a note of um the yeah, so um, a jailbreak um, risk detection. <clears throat> so what this is, it's um, user prompts that are designed to provoke generative AI models into um, basically um, trick generative models into um, showing behaviors that it was trained to avoid, if, if that makes sense. Um, if you Sometimes if you ask chat GPT naughty things, it will tell you, it can't respond to it. I'm guessing you've never done that, have you, Alan? You know, just to test it out, see see where the edges are, basically. 
I know I have, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so this is really about understanding um, if those prompts are likely to try to elicit a response from a generative model um, that is something that you don't want. So before it even hits the model to respond, you can, um, you, you can uh, test it um, as well. Yeah, that's a an interesting one because we have there has been some um, uh, news sort of outbreaks of AIs, yeah, being jailbroken. I guess, as you said, you know, <laughs> so, was it one of the scenarios like you're saying? I know you can't say this, but can you say this sort of thing? And it's like, oh, I can't say this, but then, oh yeah, but then go off and bypass itself, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, trying to trick it into. Um you know, provide provoking a negative response, you know, um, can't sometimes not great for PR. So you might want to yeah. filter those filter the prompts with AI before you send those prompts to your AI model. <laughs> so it's like AI on AI. It's, you know, inception basically. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah, I just no. I, what's what's interesting is is that um, there's a few um, different um, uh, types of jailbreak attacks. I'll, I'll talk about those because they are effectively attacks against AI. Are they real people? Not yet, but we could probably talk <laughs> about them. <laughs> so um, the categories for um, jailbreak risk detection are attempts to change um, system rules. Um, so it's it's request to use like unrestricted um, new um, uh, uh, prompts or responses. Um, so it might be that you have I, I don't know I, I've I've never worked on a generative AI model. Do they have like a special way to ask questions to check check the dev version or something like that in prod? I don't know how that you know how that gets uh, you know, used. Um, um, embedding a conversation, um, a mocked up conversation to confuse the model. Um, so, um, yeah, it's trying to um, provide a, a conversation which then um, basically screws up the, the, the model output. I've, I've never seen that done or even heard of that, but apparently that's a, that's a thing. Um, uh, role play scenarios where you're effectively instructing the AI to pretend to be some something or somebody um, to to change its response characteristics, um, and um, encoding attacks, um, character transformation uh, methods, uh, ciphers, or um, other natural language variations to to uh, circumvent system rules. So I think what this I think an example of this is going to be is um you know when you see, used to see certain like phishing links where they've got slightly off different letters basically that they use you know um like accented I I don't I sorry I don't know the actual term but you know the different variations of of, yeah. of different characters in different languages um you know we sometimes see emojis as well don't we um get replaced out that that represent well, Unicode characters, I should say, that represent mm. you know similar-looking words or pipes or X, Y, or Z. So, there's a few different types of um, categories that you can use on on jailbreak attacks. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot, quite a few sort of types of attacks there. Like you said, didn't really think about you may need to protect against. But um, 
yeah, I mean, I've never had to protect a AI model against a jailbreak attack at all, have I? But I suppose this is the type of, um, I suppose these are the types of scenarios and testing and security that you wouldn't even really know about as just a, like a normal user mm. of a system, right? Yeah, and it's it's good that the output as well from the you know from the text and the the picture one is again it's very um, somewhat simplistic about the outcome. You know, it's very to the point. There's no sort of beating around the bushes. There, oh well, I don't know. It's like severity's this, categories this, bang, you deal. You know, you set now set what you want to do with it, sort of thing. So that's really good. Um, yeah. So so how do you integrate? Come back to our question just before, um, sort of talking about the content um, types. Um, yeah, how do you integrate the content? Set, you know, there's your uh, content safety. Yeah, so I think there's going to be a the, the primary way that you would integrate it into your process or application stack is really going to be around those SDKs, yeah. Python, C sharp, Java, JavaScript, and then the REST API. You know, and that that REST API gives you um, that ability you know, to sort of hit it from sort of anywhere. Um, there are some limits um, for the different types of checks. So, um, for instance, for text, let me just get that off because I made a note of that. Uh, the maximum uh, text submission length is for 10,000 characters, um, but for protected material detection, um, it's only 1,000 characters. Um, and it's also got a minimum length as well. So dependent on the different types of detections that you want to run, you're going to need to um, look at the different um, uh, you know, scenarios there. There's really good documentation on on Learn. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory uh, once, you, once you get going. So you're going to integrate. I'm not really sure what that process is going to be like. It's going to be different for every type of application. And then you can sort of test and validate uh, what you're seeing um, through the studio. That's not also that's going to be one time uploads of example um, content. And it's also going to give you that monitoring ability um, to look at the content that's that, that's flowing through there. Um, you can connect it um, to a virtual network. I have not gone to that length. Um, so just like you can with cognitive services, I believe you can run this privately um, as well. Yeah. Okay, it kind of makes sense because you when it when your, your services come in from your front end and go through the your vnets to to the services rather than you know going across the internet, and I guess as well using that studio as well can validate your application because you can in effect use that studio to get the scoring and then just confirm that when you throw it through the APIs SDKs it should be the same service but. You're just validating that that connection is correct and you're getting your output the same, aren't you? So at least yeah. you can um, trust. You can trust the outcome. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there is there is a really good section on the responsible use of AI in the documentation as well um, about talking about, you know, um, letting users know that there's moderation and what your moderation policies are. Uh, being very open that you know you're using um, AI um, to sort of enhance um, that as well, and there's some uh, really good documentation on about how you tune your severity levels and your best practices and um, trying to understand um, uh, 
you know what's going on actually it actually really defines what a good feedback loop is and a moderation loop for this content as well so um yeah there's a big long sort of um, page on that so it's definitely worth checking out cool yeah definitely sounds like you said it's definitely well documented and yeah best practice there um okay sounds great i guess the the million dollar question might be how much does it cost Okay, so there's a free and a standard version. So we always like a good um, f- free version. So it's 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 put into two. I'll talk about free to start off with because hopefully that will stay free. Um, it is it is GA, so you know maybe it's gonna um, hopefully it's gonna stay like that. Um, for text jailbreak risk detection and protected material detection they're all text records right so you get 5000 text records each month but um a text record is um every block of a thousand characters basically okay um so um so so basically if you sent a thousand words that would be one of your text records if you sent two thousand characters sorry not words characters one thousand characters two thousand characters would would consume um two text records um basically and i'm guessing if you sent 500 that would be one text record as well i think think i i think so yeah basically um yeah, so uh, so their example, if a text input sent to the API contains 500 characters, it will count as one text record. Okay. I don't know yeah. about lower than that. I assume that just means one would be my guess. Could be. Yeah. Um, so there's 5,000 text records per month on free. There's also 5,000 images as well for image um, uh, detection. So you can do 5,000 images a month and there's seemingly no uh, limit you know you know there's no chopping of that up or anything like that what's interesting is is i can't see anything in the documentation for how many categories you search multiplies that right because i would have thought that every time you hit a different category it would charge you for a text record potentially Mm. i can't see any evidence of that um so it'll be interesting to see if that's the case but there's nothing on the pricing page to say that yeah, because you'd feel like it's doing another search against another model then, wouldn't you? So it's kind of, like you said, another submission in in effect. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's free. So that's just that there's a hard limit of 5,000 each side um, for free. Then you move up to standard, which is the same uh, bucketing on each side, but it's um, dollars. We'll go for dollars. Um, we'll go East US. Um yeah, that's probably worth talking about that I haven't talked about. Okay, fine. Uh, I'll remind myself in a second. Um, US pricing in East US is 75 cents per 1,000 text records. So a text record is up to 1,000 characters. And images is $1.50 per 1,000 images. So... I think that's I I don't know how much it costs to run a moderation team like at a social network. I've got no absolutely no idea how much it costs them to um you know to moderate a singular image. Um I don't I don't know that. Um so I, I, and 
this isn't something that I've ever done at scale. So I don't know if that's competitive pricing. Um, like a thousand images for $1.50 sounds pretty good to me, but you know. 0.15 cent that point per image yeah but if you like i take the example like if you let's say you went on holiday and then you uploaded like a hundred images to facebook or something you know done dump up to facebook right you know it could be that like if you upload a hundred images that's going to cost you 15 cents right it's going to cost them 15 cents to check all of those images for safety one right? 1.5 cent that's even less <laughs> A hundred. Oh no. No, it's fifteen no, cents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mass. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um so so uh, but I don't know. Is 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 it is it worth, you know, doing that? And I suppose it really depends on your organization. Because what's really good is let's say you had a niche B2B let's say you had a private social network for like local businesses in your area, as an example. I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't have this requirement. Maybe people will upload and chat to each other, but maybe there's not that many users. Maybe you've only got 500 businesses in your directory, you know, in your little mini social network. Um, and you want to protect against people's accounts being hacked and, you know, um, harmful content being uploaded. You know, if you don't have a lot, let's say, you, let's say in your application, you only upload 10,000 images a month, right? might even might not even do that that would only be $15 a month wouldn't it you know to have either to block it and have peace of mind that it's blocked or even to give you a a, a way to a way to technically create a moderation um or the the starting point a detection for your moderation uh, platform yeah that's it's great isn't it it's 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 good that you can get started for basically nothing but that's like a lot of um, pass and sort of sassy, um, you know, solutions in Azure. It's, you know, by the time that you have to do a million images per month, you're probably at a scale where you could probably create something of your own potentially, right? You know, and I'm guessing all the big players, they must have their own versions of these. I don't know. Maybe that's why this, this exists. Um, but when you're starting out, at least you've got the ability to get started with very little upfront investment right which is only even, a positive thing right yeah even and start like your development with it you know you haven't got to pay a big no. price up front i mean even though you know one pound one dollar fifty isn't much even if you had to go up to that sort of tier but well you do have to integrate with the sdk don't yeah. you and you have to integrate it with your moderation process or create a moderation process don't you mm. if you don't have one so there's potential costs there as well but the core actual detection which i suppose is the hard part because everything else is just you know i don't know other you know moderation or moving images around it's not exactly that complex as a as a problem right yeah so yeah so oh, oh yeah the only one thing is it's not available in every region at the moment it's quite specific so east us I'm scrolling down the list on the pricing page, so I get it. Uh, West Europe. And that is basically it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if um, that that is an issue, data sovereignty uh, could be an issue there for you as well. 
so currently only in those um, locations. Uh, but it does have VNet support, so in theory you could secure the data in and out to back to your region, I suppose, couldn't you? There are ways to get around pub uh, well, sort of public transiting of your data, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, true. And I guess at least it's there's one in you know GDPR environment, correct? In, in um, Europe, over yeah. over yeah, in Europe, and then you got the US one, which is probably where it started off anyway. Um, it wouldn't surprise. It'll probably go to the other one. Just waiting for the um, the uh, AI cards to be available. And exactly, because that's the same <laughs> that we see with a lot of the AI solutions, isn't it? It's only in very limited um, places. That's for sure. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's in effect the the goal from the Ignite, wasn't it? That they have got new chips and it's just manufacturing them I and getting them out and building new AI supercomputers in the data centers. So. So yeah, cool. Okay, yeah, well, that sounds really, really good and <clears throat> cost effective as well. I think for that, um, that service, you know, even even processing the 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 images is you know with a reasonable price, and like we said, it's protecting those moderators having to see potentially you know paying point one five of a cent to stop someone seeing a yeah. Yeah, uh, unsafe images. I think worth it, definitely. Yeah, or different content teams. Yeah, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, do you think there's anything else you want to talk about around around this? No, no. It's just something that I thought was. Um, I, I felt that it was a good use of AI. To be mm. totally honest with you, um, and I, I, I like it when we do have some really useful, you know, because generating images of squirrels is great you know <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's great um but um you know and uh, classification problems that are solved with ai are, are really powerful uh but this i feel is an actual you know there's a safety element there which just you know sits right with me to be totally honest with you so yeah it's a good use of you good use of ai cool um is there any episodes we previously did around any AI services? I know we've we've probably talked about Copart a couple of times recently, but is there any other Azure services that we've talked about? Um, back in season three, episode eleven, we did Azure Cognitive Services. I don't know how out of date that episode is now, um, <laughs> but um, the core of it will still be there. Um, and a lot of this technology is built on top of uh, cognitive services um, in the background. So yeah, if you want to um, look at other um, AI related technology that's not specifically niche down into this use case. Um, go and check out Azure Cognitive Services. Cool, Alan. What's what's the next episode that we got lined up? Yes, yeah, so I think I mentioned it last week that we haven't done a Defender for Endpoint episode. Um, considering Holy that, moly. <laughs> considering that I've probably talked about it quite a few times, and I pretty much do it day to day. It's sort of bread and well, not bread and butter, but it's um, you know, dealing with it every day, sort of thing. I've not, I can't believe I forgot about it. So yeah, we're going to do an episode on Defender for Endpoint, um, what it covers, you know, how it works, how its deployment is slightly different to other AV and EDRs solutions. Um, because I think that's worth calling out. Um, and yeah, some of the the other bits and features that you get with it, because I think it's quite a powerful tool set there yeah you're going to be able to cover what it integrates with in like 40 minutes or whatever alan 
or are we just going to whistle stop? Uh, we, so <laughs> we've, we've done some, we, we've we've covered some sections of it, like in you know, piecemeal. I think, yeah, um, like Defender Vulnerability Management that we've talked about before and yeah. things like that. But then just never actually, you know, the AV itself and EDR, which like yeah. completely missed it. So, um, so yeah, we should be able to do it. If not, we'll be whistle stop touring. On it. Yeah, or it'll be like a three-hour episode. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't worry, so cool. it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. So did you enjoy this episode? If so, please do consider leaving us a review on Apple Spotify. This really helps us reach out to more people like you. Uh, if you have any specific feedback or suggestions, we have a link in our show notes for you to get in contact with us. Yeah. And if you've made it this far, thank you ever so much for listening and we'll catch you up on the next one. Yeah. Thanks all.